0: Hi there, and welcome to another Astro Radio News podcast. Today, we're speaking to Mr. Charles Brewer, Group CEO of Courier and Logistics Company Post Malaysia, about some of their plans moving forward. Charles, thanks for joining us today. Now, it's been a very tough environment for postal services, to say the least. But yet, Post Malaysia has managed to halve its net losses in 2022 compared to the year before. Can you share with us Post Malaysia's business transformation plans and how these plans stand to benefit Malaysians?
1: For sure, Nicholas. And first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I very much looking, looking forward to sharing some thoughts around where Post Malaysia is. And it's a very exciting journey. So, in simplistic terms, I mean, and it's not unique to Post Malaysia, but postal operators around the world sort of face challenges and opportunities, you know, declining mail and growing parcel volumes on the back of e commerce. So, like many others, we've been you know, knee-deep in transformation now for a couple of years, uh, so it's about August 21 uh, in, in earnest, and um, looking to transform what is a fantastic brand. I think mean, Post Malaysia has been around for more than 200 years and is that sort of heritage brand that everybody knows and loves, I hope. Um, but at the same time, you know, what got us here won't get us there, so we've been very much focused on how we transform our business and make us for purpose going forward. So to answer your question simplistically, um, really sort of three parts to our transformation. The first one was all around you know, fixing the basics. You know, it's very hard to move forward as an organization if you haven't got that platform sturdy and right. So a lot to do with things like fixing the service level, which perhaps wasn't at the level it should be when, when I came in in August 2021 through to customer service, through to the customer journey and many other pieces besides. So the team have worked tremendously hard on fixing the basics. Uh, the second phase, and I'll give you some sort of background on that in just for a second, but the second phase was around transform the core. So that's all about um, uh, moving from being a mail operator that also delivers parcels to being a parcel operator that also delivers mail and making sure we have that foundation correct. Um, and then the last piece, which we're also busy working on is major 2.0, um, which is, you know, looking at what are the next sort of S-curve value creators for our future path. Um, and to a greater or lesser extent, and there are many, many work streams across each of those three phases, to a greater or lesser extent, um, things are going pretty well. And to give you one example of that, um, which I'm really proud of, and I think mean, the team done a great job, you know, our parcel service um, levels back into sort of, August 2021, we're around sort of 50% um, on time, which is just nowhere near good enough um, and not meeting the sort of minimum standard in some respects. And today, as we sit here, we're now doing around 95.7, 96 on a good day um, on-time performance, which, you know, fundamentally, into your question, that's what Malaysians want when they, when they order a, a parcel or, or indeed, if, they, if they're asking for a letter, they expect to be picked up and delivered on time, which is a core part of our business. Um, so I think yes. Yeah, so to 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 summarise and simplify, there are a lot going on, a lot of work streams. Some going extremely well, some much tougher. But generally speaking, from, certainly from a core perspective, made really really good progress.
0: Right. You mentioned parcels and, and you know parcel deliveries and all that. We, we've seen a massive shift from traditional brick and mortar to the digital uh, space. And just like many other countries, Malaysia is experiencing huge growth in online shopping. Uh, but I guess you could say there's still room for improvement in courier yeah. services in general, right? Uh, there have been many new players joining the scene uh, to the point where you could say the market has become a bit saturated. Uh, and then there have also been some complaints from the consumer end about not being able to choose their preferred uh, courier service provider in some cases. Um, can you tell us how the market can be adjusted to be fair to all players uh, and what more Post Malaysia can offer or can do for consumers above and beyond your, your current offering?
1: Yeah, thank you. And, and the parcel market is a very competitive space. And again, like I said earlier, that's not necessarily unique to Malaysia, but I think Malaysia is more competitive, uh, more crowded um, than perhaps other other markets. And to give you an example, um, in Malaysia today we have something like 120 uh, courier licences, so 120 companies operating uh, to one level or another uh, for 30 odd million uh, population of 30 odd million. Uh, if you take Indonesia, which is a significantly greater population, 300 something million. Uh, they have 40-odd licenses, Thailand, which is 70 million, I think has 35 licenses. So, you know, in simple terms, it is a really, really crowded space, and that, that creates all sorts of, uh, and many other things besides, by the way, not just the number of operators, but that creates a number of challenges for post-Malaysia. But simplistically, you know, first and foremost, and you know, I firmly believe in this, I've been in the industry now for 35, 37 years plus, and... Um, you know, what customers and what Malaysians, you know, what the Rakyat expect from post-Malaysia and or any other courier company is that we provide a great service. And, and like I said earlier, and we're not perfect and we still have lots to do, I used to add, but when you're running a sort of 95.7, which is anything between 10 and 20 points better than our nearest competitor, generally speaking, the service we're providing is be better than someone else, which should, you know, theoretically set yourself up for success. Now... To answer your question, I think, and we're working, and we have worked really closely with uh, the regulator, so with my MyCC, and of course the government, to certainly, you know, share our opinions on what would make a safer, a fairer, cleaner environment for Malaysia. I think, you know, they, they've got to look closely at the number of, as I said, the number of licenses that operate here, and some of the practices. Of those operators, and just just to share one example, there have been,
0: you know, our, you know, our
1: couriers that deliver parcels. So, um, typically speaking, in in this space and in Malaysia, couriers are paid. This is for the industry. Couriers are paid an item rate. Um, so they they gig economy delivery drivers, and when you've got, uh, in some cases, foreign carriers, you know, for want of a better phrase, price dumping, that that equals they have to lower the unit cost to afford those prices. So they lower the, the payments they make to their delivery drivers and that creates all sorts of safety concerns where a driver has to take a second job or even a third job just to sort of stay sustainable. That's not right and I think it's wrong for the employees in Malaysia. I think it's not right uh, when you look at some of the commentary and there was a lot I hate to read during busy periods like Harry Rye where customers are saying the service level isn't acceptable but they have no choice to opt to a better service level because of margin. So there's a number of things that um, I think aren't necessarily helping either the Malaysian consumer or indeed the industry, and we employ, the industry employs hundreds of thousands of employees. So certainly, you know, from our perspective, we're working closely uh, and and very receptively, um, with the powers that be with the right regulators to stress and share our thoughts on how we can make Malaysia a safer place for our employees, a better place for consumers and a better place for sellers. This, this, this environment, and to your point, e-commerce volumes are growing. So, But it needs to be sustainable. And I think we still have some things to do there in terms of how we create a fairer market.
0: Right. Well, would you say that uh, post-Malaysia's prices are competitive?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. And, um,
0: because so, because I, and I ask because you know, yeah, sure. and, and I'm sure you've you've this about Malaysian consumers is that it's all about price. We want it as cheap as possible. So you know, yeah. h- how do you stay competitive in that sense?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, to your, to your point, I think it is Malaysia is quite unique in that respect. So it is very price driven, but it depends on which sector you look at. So, for example, as and in our space, we work with both B two B. Um, so B2B industry and the B2C industry, the e-commerce industry, so we have both. Um, one is li- a little less price-sensitive than the other, so B2B typically is looking for that high-quality level, uh, and Post-Malaysia brings to the table you know, the greatest and furthest reach uh, across Malaysia, so we service every single town, every city, every camp, I've been to as many as I can, and that in itself is a value-add, both for the B2B and B2C. So I think that's, uh, a reason necessarily to see cost benefit, uh, for the b b sector and even for B2C. If you look at B2C and, you know, what we've noticed over the last few years is that East Malaysia is becoming more and more relevant. Uh, many sellers see, the B2C sellers see East Malaysia as a relatively untapped, uh, market and there's only one company flying their own aircraft, uh, to East Malaysia and has the full coverage across East Malaysia as opposed Malaysia. So to answer your question, I mean, we, we have to price Um, competitively. Uh, The market is, as I mentioned, the market is really, really super competitive, so we can't be out of kilter with the market. And generally speaking, we are at parity uh, with the market. Uh, But all of that said, I still think, and and to your point, Malaysians definitely want, in the BDC space, definitely want necessarily the lowest cost. Uh, But I think it's not either, it's uh, they want great service and at a great price.
0: Right. Uh, Touching again on how businesses and services are are moving online, this has resulted of course in fewer people going in physically uh, to post offices but Post Malaysia has a a very wide network of branches across the country. Now I understand you have numerous uh, assets and facilities like warehouse spaces for example that Post Malaysia intends to repurpose. Can you share what these repurposing plans are and, and, and basically what can Malaysians look forward to in these spaces?
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, again, it's a really, really good question and something that certainly caused us a lot of consternation as we were developing the strategy, but also I'm super excited about. So very, very simplistically, um, we have around 1.2 million uh, unique visitors to more than 631 post offices and thousands of third parties. It's not just the uh, the 631. We have another couple of thousand, uh, third party uh, retail points. But anyway, to the point. So we have about 1.2 million uh, people visiting our post offices, and we have about 3.2 million square foot of retail space through those 631 locations. So we sit on this, you know, amazing retail opportunity. And to your point, um, if you look at sort of the last few years. As uh, consumers are starting to do more things digitally, we've seen we've seen a decline in football, and, and I think most retailers have seen similar things. That's not a great surprise. So you have a couple of choices, Well you have three choices. You can either reduce your footprint uh, so that you lower your unit costs and right size to reflect uh, the number of people that are coming in. You can do the second thing, which is put your head in the sand and hope it all goes away. <laughs> or the third thing is you can reimagine what you do through those retail points. So as we as we developed our strategy, uh, we looked at that 3.2 million square for the retail space Said, you know, what does the Rakyat, what does the Malaysian want to do? Because retail is still hugely relevant. You only have to go to the malls at weekends, you know, whether it be Mid Valley or KLC, wherever you go. They're pretty packed. Now, when they're shopping, that's a whole different debate. But people love going to, to the store and to the malls. So we looked at uh, that 3.2 million square for the retail space and said, OK, look, let's test and learn. And I think that's really relevant is that we haven't landed on whether this is a game-changer and a winner, so we're still testing and learning, but let's test and learn on what activities would Malaysians want to come to a retail point for. So um, on the back of that, and over the last sort of three to five months or so, we've been testing a number of different activities, and it goes from anything from you know, coffee shops um, like zoos and Cafe Mez and a number of our retail points, which do coffee, food, and many other things besides. Um, through to we just the most recent one, we just launched uh, EV charging stations across six locations with many, many more to come at into Through to F&B outlets, through to we launched post-shop in Madame Tocque just recently, uh, which I was down at last week and seeing what people are buying. So we're testing, and, and we've got many other things, health, we're looking at uh, the finance sector, we're looking at a number of different activities. And testing those through, you know, different different locations, so some urban, some rural, to see which ones seem to trigger interest and, of course, purchasing uh, from Malaysians. And, and it is early days, and, and um, again, like I said, super exciting. But it is early days. But the early day prognosis is that uh, Malaysians want it. We've been really, really busy uh, across all of these different locations, um, and for different reasons. In fact, when we just to give an example, when we Launch the EV charging stations with the Incent, which is a fantastic partnership. Um, you know, I was a little bit skeptical because whilst the EV is growing really fast, as it is for us, actually, um, it's still a relatively low number of EV cars on the road. But within seconds of us opening, every location was full and cars parked and charging. So again, I, it, it is early days, but, um, potentially. We sit on a significant opportunity across 3.2 million square foot. So let's ask me in a year's time, and I hope to report some really exciting progress.
0: Right. Um, going back to our conversation earlier about how everything is online now, uh, one of the repercussions of this is that businesses lose a lot of that. Uh, human connection with their customers and we're seeing this across all businesses right? Now, uh, Post Malaysia has a new initiative, Hari Bersama Pelanggan, roughly translated to Customers Day, uh, where you're presumably looking to re-engage with your customer base, I guess Uh, Can you tell us more about this and and, what what you're looking to achieve with it?
1: Yeah, it's fantastic So, and again, thanks for the question. So it's all about delighting customers. One of our values is delighting customers. So Clearly, our employees and our customers sit right at the center of our strategy. And you know, as I've said many times at many conferences, you won't get anywhere unless you're very, very focused on having the right culture, the right people who are really customer-centric. They almost feel sick to their stomachs if they disappoint a the customer. That's In today's world, it's absolutely imperative. So we do lots of things to amplify that value. We have six values, and, and Delight Customer is one of them. Uh, so we have many ways that we amplify that value, um, but this week, and as you mentioned, we have and just kicked off this morning. Actually, I'm seeing WhatsApp pictures flying around the place. But we just kicked off this week, which is this week is fully, fully focused on delight customer, and uh, and, and everybody plays their part, whether it be our finance team, our billing team, our ops team, our sales team, our customer service team. So to your point, really. Bringing the love back to back back to customer service. I think it's a little bit of a forgotten art. Uh, and as you said, many people want to do things digitally, but you, you know, around that and through that, I think customers are still looking for that personal and loving moment where you really care about them, the customer. So, so yeah. So this week is all about. Uh, amplifying that value, all about looking at how we can bring a bit of fun, a bit of excitement, a bit of energy around the subject. So for anybody listening to our show, um, you can pop into any one of our, as an example, any one of our retail points, and if you spend, I think it's twenty ringgit um, over the counter, you get a chance to win ten thousand uh, ringgit in cash. And I think this week we're doubling that, so you get two uh, opportunities to win ten thousand. So you can win motorbikes, you can win holidays, we got spin the wheel, lucky dip, all sorts of things going on. So a great chance for us to say, and and as you said, a great chance for us to say thank you, Trima Cassie, to the hundred, we have more than 200,000 contract customers and 1.2 million uh, customers that come into our retail store. So a great chance for us to say humbly and simplistically thank you very much for using Postmatrix. It's not ever taken for granted and we really appreciate it.
0: Okay and and finally Charles uh, you're the head of a company with a long storied history at a time when things are changing so rapidly so on a personal level for you what have you found to be the biggest challenge you've faced as you try and you know sort of steer this company through the rough waters of modernization
1: I think it's again we don't know each other very well but I always tell people, I don't get too stressed, and I don't get too worried, I tend to be a bit more of an optimist. So not too many challenges um, outside of some of the regulatory challenges. So you know, much of, I, I talk to my leadership team a lot about making sure we stay focused on what we can control. There's no point of worrying about anybody else, no point worrying about other things you can't control, because you can't control them. So we should stay very, very focused on executing our transformation, executing our turnaround, Focused on our employees, focused on our customers. So today, is an example, everybody's having breakfast on me. Um, so we, we, we tend to. I think the upside for post Malaysia is far more significant than the downside. Um, so we tend to focus on the op- optimistic side, the opportunity side. But to your question, I suppose you know, like I said at right the start, um, if I had a single wish, it would be around some of the regulatory environment. We need to get that a bit cleaner for for Malaysians and for Malaysia.
0: Okay, that about wraps it up. Thank you so much, Charles, for your insight. I've been speaking to Mr. Charles Brewer, Group CEO for Post Malaysia. Thank you for listening. This has been an Astro Radio News podcast.